Grand Moth Tarkin. I am honored by your visit. Welcome to Grand Moth Tarkin, delicately curated, long-form discussion of the internationally beloved Star Wars saga. T- no, we're no. We're starting keep over. Keep going. Keep going. Tailored. Welcome to Grand Moff Talk and delicately curated long-form discussion of the internationally beloved Star Wars saga, tailored to the modern fanatic, brought to you lovingly in weekly increments by the loquacious yet soothing voices of your hosts, Riley. Candy boy. <laughs> Jake, that's me, and Isaac. No, you can't just make noises on a podcast. People don't know what you're doing. That's all a podcast is, you idiot, There's making noises. <laughs> so far, so good. Guys, we're back together again. Yep. Well, not really, because Isaac kind is of. on Skype. Yeah. Isaac, what's going on at home that you have to be on Skype? Uh, Don't get real now. Well, you heard the bathroom earlier, didn't you? <laughs> Isaac, give you a hint. Do you have some kind of urinary tract infection? <laughs> it's more of like an be honest, <laughs> an eight tract infection. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> Nobody's getting hurt by these jokes. No, everyone's having fun. Uh, I am. Riley, mm-hmm. describe your day so far. Well, look, I got up. Using only animal sounds. No. <laughs> Technically, humans are animals. Check mate. Today Who's I mate? got up. Check your mate. Today I got Christina, up. Christina, are humans animals? <laughs> okay. There you go. I got up today. I Where? Ate, I ate some in my in my home. I was in my home. I ate some pizza for wow. breakfast. So good, love it. I'm an adult. Uh, and then I recorded a podcast. I, why? Why am I? Why are you want me to do this? I just want people to know how boring your life is and how much meaning you bring to it candy. by listening to our show. Yeah, I'm Riley candy. thinks he's really funny because he's eating candy directly into the microphone and crumpling the wrapper and raising his eyebrows really weird at me. Isaac, hey, give me the uh, last four digits of your social. <laughs> J-E-D-I, Last Jedi. Did we talk about the trailer? We did. That really hurt my heart. This, this episode's just not very good, is it? I love it. Should so we start over? No, I think it's the best one we've done so far. I agree. I'll just make noises again. <laughs> so help me. I'll just eat some more candy. Uh, guys, we are Man. going to talk about Rebels! <laughs> We're talking about Rebels. We're going to talk about Star Wars Rebels. By Dave Baloney. And, uh. Are we having him on the show today? I'm just upset. Yeah, he'll be on the show. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And, um. Jake's really upset because I'm eating candy on the microphone. Everything's gotta be perfect. <laughs> I have this Usually, people make that voice when they're impersonating someone, and you impersonated yourself. <laughs> yeah, I did. Telling me that I was irritated. <laughs> I really can't. It's just, it's not that it has to be perfect, it's that it can't make my ears once to shoot. The ears. Okay. <laughs> I will stop. Okay. Jake, take control of the episode. This is your episode. You're the host. Jake, back your city. What the most? <laughs> okay. We are so happy to be recording mostly in the same room. And, um, you know, when you really look at it as a spiritual person, we're in the same room. Right. And, um, we're in God's country. That's right. The U2 song. And we're going to be talking about Star Wars Rebels by Dave Baloney. Mm-hmm. And we do, however, and I hate to 
say this. We don't like to dwell on pod grooming. Okay. On the show. I was going to say, we have no news this we time. We don't like to. Well, that's where you're right. News gun, right? My lord, is that legal? I don't think so. That's good news. No need to report that. Even I hate us. Even I hate us. <laughs> Guys, um, at this point, none of us enjoy the show. No. We don't like it. Mm-mm. Listeners are falling off every big, week. I've got a big frown on my face. And death. <laughs> I can't say Matt O'Reilly when he makes that <laughs> face. Um, Isaac wouldn't know about it because he's not here. I imagine it. <laughs> we don't like to dwell on pod grooming. Mm-mm. Now, what I mean by that is that a lot of shows, they'll mention this. We have to do a little housekeeping up top. I'm glad you're mentioning this every episode. It's a good thing to say. It sounds cool. Mm-hmm. It makes sense. It Everybody does a little housekeeping up top. Mm. But we do pod grooming up top. Mm. And I'm sick of people asking about it, quite frankly. Mm. Really starting to get mad. Yeah, quit. He's, wow. He's so furious right now, guys. I've never <laughs> seen it. Oh, I think he just pooped. I pooped. Hey, Jake, are you fast and furious? <laughs> what is this episode? Whenever I host now, there is an active effort to make the episode as bad as possible. And You have done that yourself! <laughs> I get it. Let him speak! I understand. Isaac, who are we dedicating an episode to this week? Well, Jake, Star Wars podcasting This is with chemistry. And it what does. takes more bravery than anything else in Star Wars podcasting <laughs> is to vouch for a Star Wars podcast such as ours. Yeah, it really and does. So far, on the wide world of Twitter, there has been one podcast above all others that has shown, quite frankly, the guts to yes. come into our corner, creep into our corner, and stick around for a little bit, and tweet nice things about us, and that podcast, I'm going to throw it to Riley now, uh, who are we dedicating this episode to? Name that podcast that we'll be dedicating this episode to. Comics with Kenobi? Oh! That's correct. I did it. I did it. Comics with Kenobi. If you haven't listened in the past, I don't listen to any other Star Wars podcasts because I'm a bad fan. These two, yeah. the, the titular chuckleheads, <laughs> no, they <laughs> do listen to a lot of Star Wars We are podcasts. neither titular nor chuckle nor heads. Well, um, no PCs. <laughs> no, don't, don't endorse this. <laughs> um, these guys um, actually support our show. Kenobi, thank you for supporting our show. Thank you. Uh, now, here's the thing. We are going to dedicate an episode to you in its entirety. For sure. That will happen. A whole episode of Grand Moff Talking will be dedicated right. to Kenobi. Right. Which is a podcast that you should go listen to. Because it's good. I have listened to it and do listen to it. And it's great because then you don't have to actually read the comics and you can stay <laughs> informed. Do you think they're going to listen to this episode? I, that's my ultimate test. Do you think they just promote us or do they listen? Okay. I'm cutting this out. You know what? No, no, no. Leave this in because here's here's what we're going to do. Comics with Kenobi. If you listen to the show, tweet us the word peanut butter. (laughs) (laughs) We love you guys. Tweet us the word peanut butter. We love you, but guys, we've been burnt before. We have a lot of people that say, hey, uh, we follow you on Twitter, but when it comes under test, when pressed up against the corner and they say, recommend the podcast on Force Friday... They, they, they abandon us. But uh, did I say something too about comic book Kenobi, Jake? Let's hear it, buddy. Hey, you know what? Remember at a celebration, the first day we went on that Friday, we were there. Remember, I, uh, yeah, I remember. We actually, yeah, this is back uh, before I think you were listening to him. I just happened to 
recognize Mr. Uh, Jeff McGee from Comics with Kenobi. I'm yes, like, hey, sir. how's it going? Mm-hmm. Walking with him was one Matt Moore, so the entire Comics with Kenobi uh, traveling band happened to walk <laughs> all the way with us halfway around the convention center there trying to find somewhere to get in, and we uh, we bonded. They gave us buttons at the end. We introduced ourselves. This is before we were a podcast. This is before Bradley came to each other. They really this, were like our little podcast grandparents, and they're like, they really hey, are. because you know how grandparents will give you a button and then you start being a person? That's yeah. what they did for us. Exactly. <laughs> and, so Matt uh, and Jeff are old grams and gramps. But do tweet us peanut butter. Yeah, um, please do. But hey, regardless of whether or not you listen to it, whether you like it or not, I may give you a heads up that we dedicated it to you so you listen. But. <laughs> well, that's cheating. Okay, I won't. Give him, give him a, a week or two. Okay. Before you tell him we talked about it. And say, it. hey, <laughs> I'm craving some peanut butter here. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tweet And they'll be like, unfollow. <laughs> this is weird. <laughs> um, here's the thing. Yeah. We'd love to dedicate a whole episode to you. Let's get serious. Can we, we be serious we have, for one We have second? a problem here. Yeah. We have a really big problem. And it's becoming an actual real problem because <laughs> last week, right, we dedicated an episode to MJ Newester. We still don't know how to pronounce your name because we're recording this the day after we, in fact, the day before we're releasing the Phasma episode. So true. It's very true. And we're being very serious right now. Now, MJ Newester. Right. It's probably we, just Noster. It might be Noster. Right in. Tell us. I'm going to say it's Canoestier. <laughs> okay. And MJ Canoestier. We wanted to dedicate a whole episode really to MJ. To. We really wanted to. But here was the thing is before that, we had dedicated an episode to Spinner. What a predicament. So she had to share the dedication with Spinner. Right. Now, here's the issue with that. Preach it. Is that. <laughs> <laughs> is that before that Spinner right. had to share the episode dedication with I'm <laughs> not helping no. you out at all <laughs> um, I am uh, Spinner pretty sure had to share with E. McB with E. McB yeah. E. McB right. had to share it with Shampoodler Shampoodler had to share it with Darth Goody Darth right. Goody had to share it with Robert, right. Robert had to share it with Shamrock, oh and so Shamberg. unfortunately, uh, your dedication coffee with Kenobi right. will have to continue into next week's episode. Right? Don't We're, worry, we we have you covered. We got this. You know, people like to tweet sometimes when they want to make a point, like the claps between words. That's what we're doing. But that's what we are doing right now. I really wish Isaac was here. Isaac, I wish you were here. We're really clapping. <laughs> That's really that was my entire plan behind it. I just really wanted to hear those words. That's <laughs> my goals accomplished. <laughs> I'm actually gonna sign out now. I uh, got plenty of oh, buddy. Oh. Okay. We have an email. And it's simply incredible. That's actually true. It is. This is by uh Please back away from the microphone when you read the first part of this because I know what you're gonna do. <laughs> we'll see if I do that. Read we'll this just email. see, won't we? Now, if you're in the audience, which there is an audience today, there is. You they can see it up. from across the room because the font is so big in the email. How big? This big. Oh, wait, you're not here. No, I saw it. Then you're going to love me. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, okay. This is from listener Caprice. Mm-hmm. And the, the title 
is a fair and totally not biased review and something else. And it said, okay, first to something else. And in the biggest letters I've ever seen in an email, in all caps, in bold print, with 17 exclamation points, it says, Do you interstellar? Okay, took my headphones off. Please, 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 please. Yeah. Still in all big letters. Good. Got that out of my system. Now the totally not biased review. As a woman of a certain age who has lived more than half the years of an average life expectancy, I'm not sure what's wrong with me that I have become addicted to y'all's podcast, but there it is. And because I am a somewhat resistant to technology curmudgeon, am not fluent in iTunes, or the other avenues for delivering public reviews of your carefully crafted and lovingly curated work, but I can tell you directly, had no idea how huge the Star Wars universe was. Not that I'm going to chase it all down, but it makes for interesting Smart. side stories. <laughs> this is a cool listener. Yeah. I, I like this idea. Just li- And we would recommend this to any listener. Just listen to our show. Don't <laughs> read the books. Don't read books. Don't watch movies. Don't watch, watch movies. movies. No. Don't listen to music of any kind. Ever. In all, in all bolds. Yeah. All bolds. Of, all bolds. It says, you guys are fun to listen to. All bolds, those. All bolds, words, those. <laughs> It says, so anyway, totally look forward to new podcasts every week. Right now I'm caught up, so get cracking. Well, here we are, cracking away. We're cracking it. Here we're getting we crack a lacking. The pod grooming cabinet is like, we're caught up, get cracking. We're caught up, get cracking. <laughs> we're closing up the cabinet. <laughs> Thank you, Caprice, for sending that Thank letter. That really warmed that our hearts. Email letter. Thank you for sending. Hearts. It was weird because you sent the letter to my email. And so when I opened up my email, a piece of paper fell out of the printer. And it was your letter. Pretty amazing, honestly, the technology. Behind I was that. scared. Yeah. And upset. Well, Jake. I didn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for the email. We are going to keep continuing to do this. We're going to get cracking. We're going to get cracking because, of, because you know why? Redundant. This is to everyone else. Yeah, keep cracking. Keep going. Whatever. I say. Hey, everyone, listen up. Riley's got a little something to tell you. This is for everyone else that's not Caprice. Just to clarify. Just to clarify. If you're not Caprice, listen up. Right. Because Caprice already did it. I'm going to start right now. I'm going to say it. Okay. Listen Listen up. We're all ready for Riley to talk. Here's what's going to happen. And we're really three, two, one, start going now. Okay, so. We have no right to do Riley right now. (laughs) Caprice sent the email. She has inspired us to keep cracking and keep going with this, okay? Yes. And you know who hasn't sent an email? Hmm. Like seven billion other people. If they if they all send an email, all seven billion people on this earth send us an email, yeah. we would continue this podcast until we die. Now we don't know. We have one we have one email. We're gonna keep going for a little bit. We we just need more emails. Thank you, Caprice. You're the best. Other people send us emails is what and, I'm trying to say. And if you haven't, uh Go jump into a computer and write an email. Go jump into a computer right now! <laughs> and by the way, we have received other emails that we're going to read on subsequent episodes. Yeah. So if we haven't read yours yet on the air, we it's, will read it. It takes us literally 15 minutes to read one email, so we can't read more than one. <laughs> As you can see. <laughs> so here's one thing I want to talk about while we're in pod going. <laughs> <laughs> we made a, a semi-joke in Phasma. At the end of that episode. We made a joke about semis? Yeah. And I wanted to want to talk about it again because I think it's a really good idea. And we said if you if enough people email into the show, 
we'll we'll get your phone numbers and we'll start a text thread. No, we're not going to do that because that's ridiculous no. and no one's going to give us their phone number. No. But I made a Discord like a couple weeks ago when we were having trouble recording over Skype. And it's just sitting oh. there. It's a Grand Moff Talking Discord. Oh, talk nice. In, okay. In. Sorry. Grand Moff Talking Discord. Holy cow. If you email into the show or tweet at us, we'll give you the Discord link and we'll all have a little Discord together. Yeah. That's what it's for. I just wanted to say that in an episode that people will listen to because the audio quality isn't out of a butt. <laughs> like it was in Phasma. And that was the problem is that we were recording it out of a butt. We were. We were. We were convinced. Well, that's the question. That is is it just, I'm we, still asking. Um, we got a package in the mail that just had a button. <laughs> had in a it, button, and button. they said, "Hey, use this to record." Okay, so now with all that crazy pod grooming out of the way, crazy taxi. We're finally going to get to the meat of the show. Hey. We're talking about rebels. 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 And you're hosting. I don't know why you're looking at me. I don't know. I thought I'd let other pre- people talk. Apparently, uh, other people, other people, <laughs> other people's problems. Uh, so we're going to talk about rebels. <laughs> Hopefully, everything up until this point was cut out. <laughs> Guys, this episode we're talking about rebels. We recorded a lot of stuff before this, and it was all so bad, and we hated yep. it. So we're kicking it off now. We need to talk about rebels. And we must. We must. Talk about it. There's a lot of rebels to talk about. Explain. Guys. Well, okay, because it's a good show. Tell us why. It's a good show that we all enjoy. Oh, that's right. Okay. But there's a lot of Rebels. There's three seasons of Rebels. True that. So we can't obviously go beat by beat and talk about everything. So I'm thinking... I think that's obvious. I'm thinking for this episode, we should go character by character and talk about their arcs over the three seasons and, and things we learned about them and things we like about them. Because I... There's some int- and and predictions for season four and the future of Rebels. So let's do that. Let's do characters. Mm-hmm. Let's also do favorite episodes. Oh yeah, I think we're all going to share one. And, but we'll see. Yeah, I think um, we are. Here's mm-hmm. what we'll do: is we each three pick a favorite, but we can't pick one that the other people picked. Okay, well I pick. I get to go first. No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm hosting, so obviously I get to go first. All right, that's fine. I can find one. Uh, I'll pick one that you guys wouldn't pick. Okay. Because I think I know. There's two very obvious There's ones. There's two obvious choices. Which we'll pick. Which everyone And then picks. I'll try to find a more interesting deep cut. Okay. Um, Me too. Hey, Isaac. Nobody asked what? you. <laughs> so We can also talk so about the premiere we... a little bit. Half of the premiere. Because this is... We're recording before the premiere of yeah. season, three, or season four. And what we might do is we might have a quick Skype call and talk <sighs> about the other. <laughs> I don't want to ever talk on Skype again. Okay. Well. But we'll see. We've seen, we saw half of the season four premiere at yeah. Celebration. Me and Riley uh, were cool guys. Yep, we're cool guys. Now, were you in the main hall? I was not in the main hall. I was I in could the secondary hall. I could have touched Dave Filonia's hat here. Did you? Yes. Cool. I got kicked out. I, uh, <laughs> I was in line for the Celebration store, and I watched the, uh, the panel in line. That so story. That now, you didn't get to see the episode then, right? Because you no, weren't they, in the they, they cut they out. They cut out yeah. like, okay. soon after the uh, trailer. This yeah. is what the people want to know. That storyline was ridiculous. I did not even Tell bother. Me. I didn't go in it. Uh, so, this is still bad. But what we're going to talk about is Star Wars Rebels, which mm-hmm. if you're not aware, because we actually have, weirdly, a lot of Star Wars uh, podcast Illiterate. listeners <laughs> who are illiterate and don't know what a television is. No, we have a lot of fans who um, don't follow... The everything. everything outside of yeah. the movies, which is totally cool, because that's how I was before I started doing a podcast that required <laughs> me to do so. Yeah. Um, Rebels is a, uh, would you call it a movie, Riley? Is that accurate? I to say? would not. I would call it more of like a, 
Well, it, is it, it, it a appe- song? It's like a show, but it appears Showing on what? television. Okay. What's I, the first thing you said? A show? I, I, yeah, I guess I'd call it a show television. <laughs> I understand now. Okay. Um, Isaac? Hmm? Rebels, what impact has it had on your life? Starting with the day you were born. <laughs> it was... The day I was born was a cold, dark night in the year 1977. <laughs> a birth that changed the world. A birth that changed my mom, really, because now she had a baby. My dad on the Heyo. Yeah, your dad did not have a baby. No, he, he had didn't a talk to you. Son. That's right. I was kind of like a, a like my dad can only see me as an adult. My mom can only see me as an infant. And that's kind of the way it uh, stays <laughs> to this day. It's just kind of like a weird Twilight Zone episode is my life of the Apprentice. My, da- my dad keeps calling me son, and my mom keeps like son. It's just kind of. I think that's just because she has a higher voice than your father. Yeah, it sounds like you just have normal parents who call you son, which you are. Twin sons. So you're trying to say that the uh, the story that I've created for my life has been wrong the whole time? Yeah, that's correct. Your perception of your childhood is uh, fraudulent and stupid. Perception! <laughs> Lies! Perceptions! <laughs> uh, characters. Well, this is uh, a lot like the Tom Hanks movie, and this is uh, big. I think I may have to... <laughs> I wish you'd said Joe versus the volcano. <laughs> I know. I wish you had said, this is, uh, this is uh, Turner and Hooch right here. Um, uh, so... Ezra, yeah, the I well, guess the okay. We didn't really describe. It's a TV show about like the years, the few years before A New Hope. It's the formation of the Rebel it's a Army. TV show that chronicles the year 1977 from January 1st to December 31st. It's exactly what it is. It also chronicles the, the world. It also That's chronicles right. the the formation of the Rebel the, of the Rebellion, really, and how it came in to be. And we're we can only assume it's going to end at the Battle of Scarif, where Rogue One ended. I think that Dave Filoni has come out and said that that is not where the show ends. Well, what does he know? So I, he mean he didn't like, create. This is not going show. to go the way you think. I don't think he directed season four. That's true. <clears throat> he probably still knows. Yeah, he probably knows. He probably keeps up with what's happening on the show he created. <laughs> probably. Um. So, so main character so, is probably pulls Ezra. Pulls every now and then. Hey guys. Ezra is <laughs> great impression. <laughs> uh. Ezra. He's ostensibly the Bridger. main character. Yeah. Now, a lot of people don't know this. A bridge is something that connects two cliffs, and he is bridging the gap between the show Rebels and A New Hope. I don't like that reading. I don't like that. <laughs> well, I think that's why they call him that. That's stupid. It is stupid. Why they call him Ezra? Because it's a Bible name. Oh. And they're like, hey, this kid likes the Bible. Probably look at his hair. Yeah, everybody in the Bible had blue hair. Yeah. Ezra is kind of the main character. He is, uh, at the beginning of the show, is uh, like ratty boy. Aladdin. He is a kind street of, yeah. rat who... Uh, I don't of, buy that. And he looks like one, too. Street rat, I don't buy that. <laughs> he uh, steals He's stuff. He's a rat by the Walkman. He steals those... Hey, uh, Isaac? That's what? a good song. Thanks. He steals fruit. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. You wrote the song The Rat by the band The Walkman, which you are not in. Well, and, yeah. And who's also title, still uh, not is not a band anymore? They broke up? Yeah, I broke them up. <laughs> oh, wow. They stopped, they stopped giving me credit for writing The Rat. And I was like, guys, you know what? The, I'm drawing a line in the sand. That is such a bummer. That was one of my favorite bands. It's a shame that you <laughs> broke them up. You know uh, what? Sometimes they say you gotta do what you gotta do. And I did the do, and I... 
ripped the rat. <laughs> <laughs> you did the do, and you ripped the rat. Riley, kick us off. Yeah. Uh, what do you think of Ezra as a character? Um, let's talk about his arc. What do you think of this this arc that he's taken throughout the show? He started off as, as a nobody on a backwater planet, like every Star Wars hey. protagonist. Lothal. Yeah, he starts out on the planet with Lothal. 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 Um, Thank you, Mark Thompson. <laughs> he was, I, I think, most people's least favorite character in the beginning. Maybe I'm just speaking of myself. A lot of people still currently... Still, yeah. Lots of people still don't like him. I never had a huge problem with him. He was a little annoying in the beginning. He was... Well, but, you know, he's a he's a little kid. He's a little bratty kid who has no parents, who has to fend for himself. So, of course, he's going to be... not. It's not even overconfident. I think he's just... The attitude he has to have to survive on his own. But it's also... You also come to find out that he has the Force with him. And he, even if he doesn't know how to use it, it's probably helped him survive. In the very beginning, he's very... Um, what's the word? Um, impatient, I guess. He's a lot like yeah. Luke when he first meets Yoda. He's impatient. He... Um, wants to know everything right now but of course as all uh protagonists do he gets over that and he calms down and now by season four i really like ezra as a character and i think he is he's a strong point on the show for me because i always enjoy i I always enjoy ezra centric episodes now isaac hey where are you at with uh ezra as far as his journey and where he stands now where i'm at with ezra is uh that's what I asked. Speaking in a context like outside of the universe of the show itself, like just kind of the, the, the maybe a slightly cynical take that Ezra exists in Star Wars Rebels because it'd be hard to pitch a show to Disney XD with all adult main characters, and so you have a character like Ezra in there who's That's kind fair. of like the uh, the insert for the uh, for the audience. Mm-hmm. And so I'm interested to see how Dave Filoni is going to take a character that existed. I mean, I'm sure it was of course his creation. But it was mildly created out of obligation and how he's going to take that character and make him relevant. Because when I hear the word Bridger, I sort of think that he's a Bridger for more like the Jedi Order, how the, the Jedi Order is going to end up. And the, that's a way that I think that Rebels is ultimately going to link up to the sequel trilogy. And that's going to be really interesting, I think, if that ends up being Ezra's destiny, if him and Kanan, one or both of them end up kind of determining where the Jedi Order goes after the era of the prequels. I find that to be fascinating. Because other than that, I mean, I do think he's he's got his annoying tendencies, but I can honestly chalk that away to the fact that he's, like, if you know any 17-year-old guys in real life, they're just chock full of unearned bravado that makes them, for the most part, insufferable. So I can I can yeah. get that to an extent. True. He just, it, it's a fact that young boys, think back to your 17-year-old self. How are you? The worst, probably. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I think it is realistic that Ezra is kind of the worst. Mm-hmm. And he is a very realistic Teenager. 16, 7 year old. Yeah. Or 16 or 7 year old kid. 16 or 7. Um, he's somewhere in between that range. Uh, now, you said that you think he is the bridge between the old and new Jedi Order. Yeah, I, don't now, this, get that. I don't know if you know this, Isaac, but this takes place before A New Hope. So, what are you talking about? Then they have, they like, can we get this out of the way? Yeah. They kind of have to die, right? Like Ezra I and Kanan, really, I've got yeah. I've got some predictions, but I haven't given my thoughts on Ezra, by the way. But yeah, I know. Well, they can't survive. Or we'll talk more about in predictions, but they can't survive in the current state that they are in. That's where I'm. I'm. I'm still thinking along those lines, but 
like just as far as as force use goes. I mean, of course, there's really even there's no real Jedi order to exist at that point. I mean, they're just it's kind of up to them how they're going to use the force. And it just so happens he's learning from like one of the last connectors in the known galaxy to that Jedi order in Canaan. So he's obviously the, oh, the way I see he's what you're saying. The force is based on the Jedi teachings, but I mean that doesn't necessarily mean they're going to be part of a Jedi order. I mean, you can't be part of an order that has no order. I see what you're saying. My opinion on Ezra is, is similar to you, Isaac. He is a character that is, I suppose, needed because you need to have a, a new person that can be introduced into this established rebel dynamic. I was surprised because I knew nothing about Rebels when I started watching it, and I just I binged watch the first season. Um, I don't think I had Disney XD, so I did. I had no idea that there was the Force and Jedi involved in the show. I thought it was purely about the Rebel Alliance. So I was really. I thought you were about to say I didn't know there was a thing called the Force and the Jedi. I was like, when, when did you come into this? <laughs> just in within the show, um, I thought that they weren't going to get into that stuff. I, in fact, I thought it was the point, and so I was surprised that they did get into it. Uh, I guess what I wanted to talk about right now for a second is just the show itself mm-hmm. and what you, th- how you feel it fits into the star Wars universe and how it impacts it positively or negatively. Because my feeling on, on Ezra is that I was bummed out by what they did with this character in season three. I thought it was a complete waste of time. To be honest with you, that I really that he didn't go darker. That he didn't, yeah. That nothing yeah. became of that. I yeah. mean, there he was didn't this, stay dark for very long. There was this great uh, the opener to that season. Is so good, it's very good. The, the ending of season two is one of the best Star Wars things ever made. Mm-hmm. The opening is very compelling, and then just there's in just one episode, Ezra's like, you know what? Never mind. I I'm not bad. I shouldn't go to the. Dark I side. should be nice, and yeah. then he's good the whole rest of the season. And I understand that not everybody has to turn to the dark side, but it felt like the one interesting thing that they could have done with his character. They could have stuck with it at least a little longer. They could have stuck with it. They could have made more tension with it. Mm-hmm. And instead, they wrapped it up like three episodes in yeah. in a really anticlimactic way. And so now... Him when I can't even give a hug in there. Fine. Right. And I watch this show now and I think, well, what what is this character adding to the show? Not even just Star Wars, but just what is he adding to this show? Because I love all and the other characters. And it's not I'll that I find him annoying. And Isaac, I'll let you, I'll let you talk. In T minus one seconds, go. <laughs> okay. Thanks, buddy. I say, like, cynically, like at its worst, I think Ezra's character this season was almost used as sort of like a a vehicle to wrap up Darth Maul's story because yeah, he was just kind of there the whole time. And yeah. I, I remember them kind of rationalizing Ezra being there as like this is still a show about the Ghost Crew. But then again, I mean, we wouldn't really probably have noticed Ezra not being there if Maul wasn't there. I mean. Remember the episode like Return to Cookie Mountain by TV on the radio where they went to Dathomir and they uh, had to do their thing and you, you have twin sons where it's really a Maul-centric episode. But Ezra's always we'll just kind of there. there whenever Maul is. And there's, of course, the conceit that Maul wants to make Ezra his apprentice. But in, when it comes down to it, I don't know necessarily that you needed Ezra around to finally conclude Maul's characters. I, I feel like maybe Ezra wasn't used as Maul by Maul as much as he necessarily could have been. Can I just say something about that? Um, as far as Ezra is concerned, uh, that conceit was interesting, that he was wanted by a Sith to be 
an apprentice of the dark side, and he always felt somewhat rejected by Kanan or like he wasn't good enough. And that was interesting. And then all they did was, uh, like, three times that season, Maul showed up for a second and was like, hey, it's my apprentice. See you later, apprentice. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to... I'm going to train you one of these days. And then he it's would fly away. It's almost like a joke that Maul would say every time. Right. Like, yeah, it's my apprentice. Yeah, it's like, hello, apprentice. And it's like, you're not doing anything. Yeah. And I just felt like it was a weak story move. Now, let me be very clear. Rebels, I love. I love Rebels. I like it more than the Clone Wars. I like these characters a ton. I just feel what? that the trajectory... Well, I don't know why he made that noise. Because you like it more than Clone Wars, what? I think. Yeah. I said but. Oh. Oh. I just didn't... I think that the way they've handled that character is really unfortunate, and I hope that they wrap it up in a meaningful way in 4. Yeah, uh, yeah that's, I think season 4 is going to have a big impact on how I feel about this show overall. I know. Can we talk about how we feel about it so far, just as a show, before we dive into other characters? Uh, as a whole, how have you felt about Rebels and its impact on Star Wars, and just its quality as a show? As with all animated shows like that, the quality gets better as it goes along. Season three. You mean the actual animation the itself? The actual animation not, quality. Okay. Well, I think for in this case, the quality of the show also got better. The first season is very... Like, the first season it is pretty much just on one planet. Like, this this group, this rebel... They're not even rebels Which yet. Which planet? Lothal. Um, Lothal. <laughs> Lothal. This, this entire group, they're not even rebels yet, but they just spend all their time on Lothal doing rebel activity. So season two and season three, they actually start becoming rebels, joining with the other rebel cells across the galaxy. And I, I enjoy seeing the formation of the rebel alliance. And I think that was something that was, that was missing in new canon because we've got Rogue One, but the rebels are already established there. That's just their first giant battle against the empire, but they've been doing things for a long time. So I like seeing the formation, the different cells coming together, trying to work together. You got guys like um, General Sato. Is that his name? Admiral Dead. Sato. Admiral Sato? Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, so I, I like seeing characters like him who are uh, kind of the backbone of the rebellion in the beginning and all of them coming together. And oh, I'll talk more about that when we talk about Hera. But um, yeah. I, I, I've enjoyed the trajectory of this, and I think it shows an important part of the Rebellion, its, its formation. I like it, too. I, I really like the trajectory, trajectory of the show as well. Do you know what I, a trajectory I, I like, is? Because you kind of struggled saying it for a second there. I, I, I'm, I'm getting there, Jake. One day at a time is what I always say. <laughs> it's going to take you a whole day to say the sentence. One life to live. All right. Hey, one day of my life in the life. What I think of hmm. Rebels as a whole, I really do like it as it as it goes along. What I worry about, I mean, is I think the general populace who who likes Star Wars. When we look back at the show, once again, why season four I think is going to be so important is right now the three seasons that we have. When you look back on the best episodes of the show, I feel like a lot of them you'll look back and some of your favorite moments are going to be not necessarily because of the Ghost Crew and characters like Kanan and Hera. I've I've really like had a good connection with, especially like a, a novel like A New Dawn, which I highly recommend. I really like how they flesh out Kanan and Harris characters in that. But yeah, I, I love those two characters specifically. But you, you know, the, the episodes that people first think of, like Twilight of the Apprentice or Twin Sons, you're thinking of those episodes because like you have the Maul versus Kenobi, and you think of 
Twilight of the Apprentice because of Darth Vader and Ahsoka. And so you get these wonderful moments in this show, but it's like characters from the Clone Wars or characters from the films are providing us these climactic moments. And I really want some more episodes like Trials of the Darksaber where it's the actual members of mm-hmm. the, the crew, the characters we're supposed to connect with. They're the ones providing the emotional impact. And so, again, why, like I said before, season four is going to be so important. So my feelings on Rebels as a whole, mm-hmm. uh, I love the show. I actually liked the first season a ton. I remember watching it and thinking, this is so much better than Clone Wars. Like, <laughs> I really loved how serialized it was. It was not just little self-contained arcs. It was a show where the story every week in some way fed to the story of the next. Mm-hmm. And you're with this small group of characters, new characters that we've not seen before, whose fates we're not familiar with. Mm-hmm. And they just really fleshed them out. And I, I really enjoy that dynamic. And just the way that the training worked from Kanan to Ezra was really fascinating. And it almost gave you a glimpse into what it, might have been like had Obi-Wan lived and continued training Luke by his side for Mm -hmm. a while because we had not seen Jedi training for that extended of a period of time and what that progression is like. Um, So I've loved that and the things that add to the mythology are are great, but just the characters are the real appeal of the show to me and the way it's able to form a a compelling uh, season of television. Clone Wars is a show that had great arcs, mm-hmm. but I might not call it a great show overall because of how many weak it's, parts there were. I think it's a real smart decision to stop Rebels at season four. Yes. Because Clone so, Wars, there was, just, there was just a lot of it, and yeah. not, not every episode can be a hit. Exactly. So I, I'm, I'm very excited that they're ending it. Yeah. Uh, season two is probably the peak of the show so far. Season three was a pretty big disappointment really? for me as a season of television i thought it was really weak hmm. uh, i can agree with that it just none of the big new elements they introduced were satisfying mm-hmm. it, it felt like they were completely unwilling to do something interesting with <laughs> and impact the story in a major lasting way because it yeah. felt like they didn't know how long they wanted the show to go on it felt like season three are lost almost yeah but they're like how much more do we have to make of this? Because they introduced this character of the Bendu, right. which is an interesting concept. And they introduced in the first episode um, Kanan giving the Bendu the Sith holocron and having to guard it. And you're like, oh, this is going to come back in the finale. <laughs> and what happens is it comes back in the third episode of the show. And Kanan's like, hey, that thing I gave you like two hours ago... I need it back. He's like, nah, you just gotta fight a bunch of spiders first. And then he does, and they get it, and then that was over. So, and, and the Bendu wasn't really that interesting. At one point, he turned into a cloud. I like the Bendu a lot. And that was interesting. I know you don't like the Bendu. Well, I we just didn't bin- think we'll it have, was well executed. I we'll thought have, it was a very good idea. We'll have a Bendu discussion soon. Well, sure. Uh, I thought that the... Uh, way they handled Thrawn was disappointing. He just, he wasn't in it a whole lot. Mm-hmm. And then when he was, it was, ah, uh, yes. It's all coming together, my little plan, which was to just follow them back to the base, Thrawn. which we... Great Thrawn. Great Zon. Great Zon. <laughs> great Scott. Um, 
uh, none of the, but there it had some of the best episodes ever. So there were really big highlights. But as a season, it didn't hold together to me. Here's what I think of season three, and um, maybe this is just selective memory. Probably is, but I think of season three as Sabine season. There's a there's a lot of stuff that happens with Sabine in season three. All of that stuff was my favorite stuff. She changes a lot in that season, and I think my hope is that Sabine is going to be the key in season four and the key in defeating Thrawn. And I hope the way she does it is with her art. She has a way to confuse Thrawn. Thrawn is, you know, it was this way in the old, in old canon and new canon. He's all about art. He studies the art of his enemies to get into their head and figure out what they're like and defeat them. And if she can trick him with her art, she can get a step ahead of Thrawn and throw this all this kind of art out there For that example, is going to confuse if, him. If she paints a tunnel on a cliff wall and he tries to run through it and it turns out it's fake. That's exactly what I'm talking about. If he does that, perfect. She tricks him with his art and kills him. No, How would that be if Thrawn died by running into a cliff into wall a like wall. Roadrunner or Wiley Coyote? Yeah, I but I think she can I think she can get inside Thrawn's head and be the reason that oh, the I rebels that. defeat him in season four. And I hope that's what we see. You just handed me a diploma and a heart and red slippers and you're sending me on my way to Happy Town. Hey Riley Congratulations. Is thinking, thinking about good things right now is what Riley's doing. And you just you let me think those thoughts with you, and for that I gotta say thank you for hey. letting me think those thoughts. We are you're, all you're better so welcome. human beings and perhaps a better Earth itself for Perhaps. having heard those Earthalization. thoughts. Sure. Uh, okay, so that's... I like that a lot. Yeah. Um, Do we need to talk more about Sabine? Well, we're let's, about her? So let's get back into characters. Yeah. Let's talk about Sabine. Mm-hmm. You just talked about Sabine. I talked bit. about Sabine. I don't have much more to say. She has a great arc in season three. Yes. Really becomes a, a fully fleshed out character. Yeah, my, my thoughts on Sabine are that she was always one of my favorites and I always wished that they would do more with her and I felt like there's so much there with her history and her um interests and her skills and they finally gave her uh this arc that was worthy of her character and it was really really satisfying to see mm-hmm. uh i won't reveal what my pick is but it may be a sabine episode oh. um it's she's just one of my all-time favorite characters in star wars now she's very good she's great and uh i like I like that they allow there to be a character that just has a passion that yeah. is allowed to develop and just be a part of the character. Like, yeah. there's nothing. It's a hobby. No she has a hobby. Characters have hobbies in Star Wars. Right. Like, I like art. I like to doodle. Uh-huh. And it'd be if I was a Star Wars character, I'd, I'd like it You'd if they found a way to, <laughs> to include that. You know, if I even yeah. if I was there's on a, a ship a lot. <laughs> the doodle and poodler. Hey, Sham Poodler, come on the show. Um, Sham Doodler. And, doodler, Sham Poodler. Sham Doodler. And, uh, but you, you never like hearing about Han, uh, you know, playing, playing bingo no. on the weekends or he something like he that. He doesn't sit down to watch robot football. He doesn't make bottle sh- ships. <laughs> right. Everyone has like their, they are their jobs. Even the good characters, they kind of oh, yeah. are their jobs. All the great characters in Star Wars yeah. can be, they have personality traits that are strong, yeah, right. but they Being also just have a thing. Is an entire way of life in the Star Wars universe. <laughs> yeah. By it's the like RPG standards it is. <laughs> Yeah, so, Isaac, any Sabine thoughts? I, uh, hope I'm not stealing your thunder, Jake, but, uh... Wait, where'd my thunder the go? The way... 
I feel like Trials of the Dark Saber really was you butthole. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm just, just kidding. For me yeah. Personally, for you personally, that, that, we haven't talked about you personally in a while. By the way, true. Yeah, because me personally, as a Star Wars fan, that was a who does the news triumphant. That yeah, gun right. <laughs> My lord, is that gun? No! No! <laughs> but uh. That was a triumphant moment, not just for the show, but I think for Star Wars. Just it was, uh, just a big old burst. It was like if an orchestra was something you could see. That's what that episode was for me. I don't know if you know this, but you can go and see an orchestra. <laughs> that's not a thing that's invisible. The music that they play. You can you see can it see if you see play. an orchestra. No. Kind of like remember in uh, the SpongeBob episode where the notes were attacking Patrick. He's like, get him off me, get him off me. Everyone remembers that classic SpongeBob sure. moment. But, uh, but yeah, Sabine's character, I, I'm, I'm definitely with Jake. It is like it's there was a lot you could do with her, and so when they finally did, like it's it, it really delivered. I think that that episode is really important, not to her character, but but to the show in general. It it really showed that when they put their minds to it over there at the old uh, Rebels Roundtable writing room. So you many alliteration, guys. I, I enjoy it. One of them is a W. Thank you. All right, so what comes now that I know you like that, part. I can proceed with the sentence. Um, when they put their minds to it on, in that show, they can do some incredible things. If they're like, we want to flesh out this character, they can do it in a spectacular way. And so if they do that with Ezra's character in season four, if they do that maybe with Zeb's character, I mean, I don't know how far they're going to go with that, but maybe especially for Ezra, I mean, they can really do something uh, quite nice in Rebels. Uh, yeah, I, I feel like Zeb is just going to be Zeb. I think Zeb's big moment was pretty much being the catalyst for, should we talk Zeb? Let's talk Zeb. I Let's think Zeb's it. big moment was being the catalyst for Callus to join the rebellion. The Callus. The Callus. The Callus. Without Zeb, I don't think Callus would have ever actually taken the plunge and become Fulcrum and helped the rebels out. But I, I think Zeb's Her. big moments were leading people back to his home planet in that one episode, which I forget what it is, but has the greatest music. Legends of Lasat. Yeah, Legends of Lasat. Stay tuned in this episode for more about that episode. Oh. Stay tuned in this episode for more Zeb. Yeah, but but Zeb, I, Zeb's big moment, I think, was that episode and... Um, Led Zeppelin. Led Zeppelin. Led Zeppelin. And Turning Callus. And <laughs> Zeb Leppelin. Zeb Leppelin. And I think, I think we're probably not going to get a huge change for zeb unless he goes out like a hero which he might i could see that totally being something yeah, his I've character would do the main prediction for like if there's a character that's gonna die it's gonna be him because well i mean he's probably the most expendable that's such a shame yeah. because that, yeah. that that's a character I, I don't even know i don't know if i'd call him expendable i'd say that's within his character that he would be the one to sacrifice yeah. for everyone else i love zeb as a character and that's kind of my the new sabine for me it's like do something more with this character yeah. there's so much that could be there. Uh, the honorable ones is the one with him and Callus mm -hmm. in the little such, cave. That's such and a good episode. Uh, Spoilers, it might be my pick. If I know, but I was gonna. I thought you were gonna pick the Sabine one. I changed my mind once <laughs> Isaac talked about it. Well, then I guess I'll take. There's a lot no of good episodes. You know what? We'll talk I'll about tell it. you what I pick when I pick it. Okay. Like his nose. <laughs> He's picking guys, it right now. You guys can't see it. Can I tell you something? Picking my nose. Yeah, Zeb, there, there isn't a whole lot there, and that's unfortunate because there, there could be, mm -hmm. and that would be something that I would like to see. He and Ezra has a good arc together. Four. Yeah, I like their relationship quite mm -hmm. a bit. Zeb, uh, 
exist seemingly to interact with other characters kind and of kind of create friction which is uh fun and i'm cool with that but it'd be nice to see him get a hero's moment and that's probably the thing that would be the best for season four i feel like is if everybody it. gets a chance to really shine as yeah, an individual and that's as a true. team uh so Zeb, I feel like his moment will be his death. That's just my prediction. I think so. Yeah, I think so. Uh, we'll get into more predictions later, probably. Yeah. Can we talk Chopper since we're talking Zeb? They seem to kind of go together. Yeah. Talk a little Chop. Sure. Chop was my least favorite droid in season one. I just did not like Chopper. <gasps> I didn't like him at all in the beginning, and now he's one of my favorite droids. I like Chopper. I'm a always lot. happy to see Chopper on screen. I don't have a lot to say. I was gonna say, say when we. When uh, when J.J. Abrams and Lawrence Kasdan were sitting down to write The Force Awakens, they said they wanted the movie to be delightful. And I find that in Star Wars Rebels, Chopper is a character that I find delightful. He's pretty delightful. I find him delightful. <laughs> you know what turned me around on, on Chopper? He turned me around, is what I said. But you know what turned me around on Chopper? <laughs> sure. Uh, watching Rebels Recon on YouTube. After yeah, the episodes, it is kind of enjoyable when they have Chopper riding around the office. Yeah, I'm I'm a child, I but I enjoyed it. it. It's fun to watch, I, and I like Chopper. I kind of love his rivalry with R2. He was in Rogue, was in a lot Rogue of people One. Don't know that uh, Daniel Craig was uh, Chopper in that movie. <laughs> <laughs> he, he curled up in that little trash can, and rolled around. It was, you know what? That was those are silly little Easter eggs, but the couple. Rogue or the couple rebels Easter eggs in Rogue One were amazing. I think we might have talked good. about it in the Rogue One episode, I but did. I wish they would have gone more with it. I would have loved to have actually seen Hera. Yes, but hearing her if name. They're going to mention her. Cool. Yeah, show me that actress whose name escapes me. The one who Vanessa does Marshall. her voice. Yes, yes, yeah. Marshall. Yeah, no, she looks. She like looks her. just like her yeah. in real life. That's one of the cool things that they kind of did with this show is they made all the characters look kind like of look their like characters them, a little bit. Maybe not Zeb and Chopper, but. <laughs> The rest of them. Yeah. Chopper is a actually, Steve gigantic Bloom. man in real life. <laughs> Steve Bloom actually kind of looks like yeah, Zab, so never mind. I know. Put yeah. some prosthetics on him. And uh, yeah. Oh, live so, action Rebels? Uh, I'm down. With that the was going to be my thing later. Is I wanted. That's my dream. It's my dream. You I could want, use the cast. They're all great. I know. They're great actors. They look like them. Ezra's sure a like little them. old, but... But point. here's okay. So here's what I want. Can I pitch this to you? Yeah. I thought no. of this as an idea. All right. Well, Isaac can turn off his phone, but I'm gonna pitch it to <laughs> Riley. Um, I, I've had this as an idea for a potential Young Jedi Knight storylines. One of the ideas I had was years down the line, the Rebels Ghost Crew is all scattered across the galaxy doing nothing, and they get roped in for one last mission. Mm-hmm. And Sabine's got to go around and round up the old uh, Rebels crew so they can band together for one last thing against Thrawn. So I would love a Rebels movie set in the future mm-hmm. of the team getting passed together. Yeah. Getting that crew and that ghost going on a mission. I'd like it. I'd watch it. Oh, man. It'd be a good movie. Star Wars Rebels. A Star Wars story. <laughs> Star Wars Rebels. <laughs> uh, I understand. Let's talk about. Uh, I think we said everything about Chopper. He's yeah. he, he becomes a little bit nicer as the show goes on, and it's it's good. If Chopper dies a heroic death, I will cry. Well, with he tears won't out of my he's eyes. in Rogue One. But I guys, what Rogue One is not the end of Rebels. They are going to continue this story. I think into a new hope. I think that they want people to think that the finale is Scarif, mm-hmm. but I don't think so. We'll see. I think it's gonna go past that maybe into the far-flung future <laughs> um just depends on who the old lives. triple f 
That's right. Follow Friday French fries. Quadruple F. <laughs> uh, let's talk about Canaan. Okay, Kaden. Sure. So Canaan. 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 Jarris, which is not I his real know, name. Canny. His real name is Caleb. His real something. name is Bobson Doug Jarris. <laughs> yeah, Caleb. Is it Doom or Dumay? I think it's Dumay. I pronounce it like a pro wrestler, Caleb Doom. Okay, I could be very wrong on that. I don't know how it's pronounced, but it is Caleb D-U-M-E, I believe. Um, He changed his name for Jedi purposes? Yeah, because he was the... There's a comic about him. He's the last... The last Jedi. Jedi, The last Padawan. last Padawan, that's that's what it is. Yeah, the last Padawan. TLP. So his name was Caleb Doom or Dumay, and he was Depa Bilaba's apprentice, right? What was... Dormay, he was a... Dume was Dorme? No, he's Depa Balaba's, I think, right? It's almost as if you're making fun of Star Wars with all these crazy things you're saying. Depa Balaba, she's great. <laughs> she's Mace Windu's apprentice. But Oh, yeah, okay. But anyway, he had to change his name to Hyde after he was the last Padawan to survive, which he obviously wasn't. There are probably more out there, but that's what they called. So, Kanan is his new name, Kanan Jarrus. I wish I could think of the episode... Where Kanan gets knighted, he goes oh, into very the good. really, really cool old Jedi temple. Mm-hmm. Man, do I love that second season! That's isn't that Twilight? The first part of Twilight of the Apprentice? No, sir. Because I thought Ahsoka was there with before him. that. Ahsoka is that, uh, was with him, right? It's the penultimate yeah, episode, is which okay. is almost just as good. It's the episode yeah. where, where the worst CGI Yoda of all time shows up. <laughs> It looks like a Lego Yoda. Is it Frank now. Oz, though? Yeah. Yeah, it's Frank Oz. It is Frank Oz, so he sounds like Yoda. Yeah. They made his character look awful. <laughs> it makes me want to vomit on my television. The uh, young Anakin and young Obi-Wan on the hollow Not also great. don't look great. They should have really kept. They should have stayed with the Clone Wars designs, I think, I of everybody. I like um, the... Shroud of Darkness. Shroud of Darkness, oh, yeah. That's a good episode. I really... Just from an aesthetic point of view, the Clone Wars designs of like planets and worlds and ships and stuff, I think is better. Yeah. I think that the character designs of Rebels are better. They allow for more expression. Mm-hmm. They are more Disney-like, obviously, because it's Disney animation that's doing it. But they're, they're way blocky. more... Ex- the blockiness is The weird. blockiness is like the opposite of what you want in animation because yeah. it limits what you can do with their expressions. And yeah. so it made it stiff and awkward. And also another thing in... Clone Wars was that there was no weights to anything. Like the way they waved around their lightsabers, they, they could have been waving around a, a stick they found in the yard. Well, it's like the Clone Wars were going off the prequels and Rebels is going off the OT. I guess that's true, but there's you lots can of, tell... There's lots of floatiness in Jedi flinging around in the prequels and you stuff. You And everything's about. weighted in the OT. I'm not going to listen to this and I don't like you know the show. It's true and Riley in heart. is the worst person in the world. <laughs> so we're going to talk about... So, uh, Kanan, his journey that he's taken. What do you think of that, Riley? It's what I'm the most interested to find out about in season four. Yeah, I really want to know where Kanan ends up. We we can sort of guess where everyone else is going to end up and be have in a graveyard. (laughs) (laughs) You know, but (laughs) but I think I think I'm most interested to see what happens to Kanan because he's becoming very Jedi like finally in season three. Mm -hmm. Ever since he's been blind, he's he's becoming very stoic. But not boring. He's still Kanan. He's, oh, still, he's still got still a romance Kanan. with Hera, which I really like. That yes. he's not he's not breaking that off. I like that. But uh, do do we talk about it now, or do I save it for, for predictions? 
Let's see your prediction. I'll just I'll just talk that about. Comes later. <laughs> Kanan, uh, Kanan is the most interesting character to me so far because of how he very much didn't care about the Jedi Order. It seemed in the beginning, he he had respect for it, but he had no interest in it anymore. And now in season three, it seems like if something doesn't happen, he's on the verge of wanting to start the Jedi Order again, which we know doesn't happen with him. But it's a, it's an interesting arc that he has finally grown up and respects the Jedi Order in a way that he didn't in season one. Yeah, I I feel it. Um, Isaac, any mm. any big thoughts on Kanan? I'll tell you what. If if Hera is my one A on this show, then Kanan's probably my one B. I just I really like those two characters. I kind of like what you guys said, like with the whole his his Jedi dynamic. I I really I always love the angle. Of he's kind of like a a, a Qui Gon like character, mm-hmm. even yeah. not a direct comparison, obviously because Qui Gon was around when other Jedi were around, so almost on a necessity, Kanan has to diverge from what the Jedi Order taught because they aren't around anymore. But I really enjoy just someone trying to learn the Force by themselves or with the help of the Bendu or something like that. And yeah, when when his character went blind, I mean that was. Yeah. Turned out to be the, the character like aspect that you didn't know you wanted until it happened, and now his character's just taken such an interesting turn after that. And so yeah, just following his character from a new dawn to season one to season two, season three, it's really gonna be cool. I, I think they I really like Riley's little prediction corner that he's told us before about <laughs> Canon, which we might get into later. But the music. I really love the potential that we have with Canon and how his uh, story can end up in season four. Jake? Kanan thoughts? He's good. Uh, let's. No, I'm just gonna, um, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I don't think I have that much to add. I, I love his character arc. He is a complicated character. Yeah. You're, you're not quite sure what his true feelings are on the Jedi Order. You know, you, you can sense that there's a conflict in him. There was a real hesitation to train anybody. I think I would trust Kanan to start the Jedi Order again more than just about anybody except Luke. Yeah, like, I totally agree. I think he's got a level head when it comes to to their principles. He's he strikes such a careful balance in having a strong personality, being having having a complicated interiority about him, and having a sense of humor. Like he's mm-hmm. he is not a bland uh, like Mace Windu like Jedi who's like. Hey man, it's me. It's time to be a boring guy. So, Kanan, I'm really fascinated to see where he ends up. I kind of you. I you. I would really, really like it if he and Hera just got together and flew off into the sunset to a different galaxy married. all together. That wouldn't be bad. And we're like, this galaxy. Well, I guess they. I mean, I think this would be after Rogue One. And she's like, yeah. Battle of Scarif was my last battle. I don't see I don't see Hera doing that, but it's possible. Yeah, I don't see it either. Yeah. I just like let's talk about Hera. Let's talk about Hera. She's she my might favorite. she might be the best character in the show. She is my favorite. Yeah. I really love her character. And that's another one where I wish they would do more with her. Yeah. She had some really great moments in season three though. Yeah. The season I, I rewatched um I haven't had a chance to rewatch a lot of the show yet, but I, I've been rewatching it a little bit and I rewatched the one where she tries to get that family uh, artifact back from oh, Thrawn's yeah. art collection. 
and her accent seeps out. I love yeah. that when that happens. When she gets a little so angry, it, yeah. she starts to sound French again. <laughs> oh, it's so good. So good. Yeah. I, what is it about Hera that's so appealing? She's just like, she's like a warm, cool, calm headed presence on that ship of insane people. I think I, you kind of nailed it. Well, if I could say one word Thanks, about buddy. Hera, I think it would be competent. Yeah. She is the most competent person on that show and maybe in all of Star Wars. She's just, <laughs> yeah. she's always going to do the right thing. She's always going to be good at it, but it doesn't seem like she's like super powerful or, you know, a Mary Sue character, but she's always, she's always going to be the calming presence. It bumps like me you out said. that you keep bringing up the term Mary Sue character because <laughs> I hope that people know that we do not think no, that we like, don't Ray is a I, Mary Sue. No, people but know like an that, actual we that we think that's stupid. Mary but, Sue. Right. Yeah. I see what you're saying. But she's not like that. She, she is, it's very believable that she's as good as she is at everything. Because she's just a, a good, level-headed character who is always going to do the right thing. And I think you could trust Hera. You could you could follow Hera into whatever battle, and you know that you're going to come out all right. I think. Yeah. She's just... She's a strategist. She's mm-hmm. But she's just... She's like a logical thinker. There's all these conflicting personalities, and she is the person who is just right in the middle, able to calm people down. But she's not she never, humorless. She's not no, cool. Yeah. She's no. just like she's funny. She's funny. She she never questions herself, and it's not out of arrogance. She's like my favorite type of uh, like parental character in a <laughs> yeah. story because yeah. I feel like she usually is like she she's plays the, mom. the part of the mom on the show. Yeah, like Hanan and Hera are the mom and dad. Yeah, really, pretty much. Ship. Yeah, yeah. And when Hera, like, what I like is when she like as close as she gets to unloading on somebody, she's going to unload on like Ezra for doing something stupid. You know, if she gets upset with somebody, then that whatever measured response is given has been warranted. And it's yeah. like, you, you enjoy that in the story. Cause you're like, yeah. you, she's kind of like a moral compass almost where you're like, I know how to feel about this. Cause I know Hera wouldn't be reacting to this unless it was warranted. And I really liked, like, she's a very nice, warm grounding presence in that show. It's, she, it's the worst when she says, I'm not mad, I'm just disappointed. Yes, <laughs> right. <laughs> she is what makes the Ghost Crew so substantially different from like the original trilogy team in the Millennium Falcon, where everybody has a strong personality. <laughs> yeah. Everybody has a conflicting personality. And they and lost the captain <laughs> of the ship is Han Solo, who's yeah. arrogant. And then you have Chewie, who is insane. And <laughs> That's rude. I think that he's a crazy person. Like he needs to get his head checked. I think he's got some real problems. He's so crazy. <laughs> just kidding. I know. Um, I, just I couldn't think of a good word to describe Chewie, but he's not like, hey, let's let's really talk to Chewie to calm everybody down. No, like, Chewie's not... there to follow Han. Yes, exactly. Much. So it's what makes the Ghost Crew different is it's so much more familial, mm-hmm. and to have the captain of the ship actually be like, oh, we we should probably listen. To the captain of the ship. She knows what she's talking about. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the family dynamic of Rebels is what I really love about it. Mm-hmm. And I hope that uh, that is not lost in their attempts to end things in an epic way. I hope that they realize that what makes the show great are the smaller episodes where it's just dealing with the conflicts between the Ghost crew members yeah. and their dealios. Yeah, I think, I think they know that. Lots of interviews there's been lots of interviews of Filoni talking about the crew as a family yeah things like that and i think it's it's apparent that 
like losing well like their apparent like their apparent when we lost sabine it wasn't just like thrown off like oh she's going to join the, it was a big deal when sabine left yeah, the crew because they lost a family member so i think they're gonna they're gonna know what to do the the mere fact to me that they are ending the show means that they understand the show they like, know that's yeah they know my biggest fear was that this was going to turn into clone wars and going for six seasons and it's like no this needs to have a beginning middle yeah. and end like the way four ends will really retroactively impact what season three is to me because depending on how it ends it could be like oh no no this is all set mm-hmm. up for something really cool or it's not set up and it's just we're we're killing time till the, the yeah. big finale where you land on that isaac you like star wars yeah <laughs> It's all right. I mean, we don't love it. It's fine. Well, we understand. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, you guys kind of hit on everything that I really thought was that I would hit on. If I'm I were glad we said it first. Right. You. Cool. Well, let's get on to <laughs> predictions. <laughs> I want to briefly mention Callus because he's not oh, a, he's sure. not a main character, but he's a pretty big side character. I think that's been the most pleasant development on the Callus show. Callus has been me. one of my favorite arcs. I we we've talked about the. Um, just kind of inner conflict that I don't think it's just me that that we have about the attempts to humanize the empire, mm-hmm. and I have some issues with that because yeah. I feel that they, they are pretty definitively the guys, yeah. Nazis, and I feel like with Star Wars, it's good to have definitive good and bad, yeah. uh, especially on a kids show. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Callus's journey was handled really well, and it wasn't just like one day he was like. I've been messing up my whole life. I'm right. going to join the good guys. It was a very interesting relationship. And even when he was helping the rebellion, he was in the empire under a, a guise. It was just, it was a good character. And arc. in keeping with the theme of rebels, the thing that turns him is not necessarily because he realizes the empire is bad. He does, but it's family. Mm-hmm. That is the most, the most powerful shot. I think in rebels is the episode with him and Zeb. What you call? What was it called? Uh, Men of the Honor. honorable ones. The honorable ones. Men of Honor. The honorable ones. Medal um, of Honor. Medal of Honor. When they both get rescued, made of to honor. Their, <laughs> made of Honor. When they get made in Manhattan. <laughs> uh, I hate this podcast. When they get rescued, the Manhattan Project. <laughs> Doctor Manhattan. When they get rescued, Doctor Strange. When they get rescued to their Strange respective Stranger Things, Doctor Strange Love. When they get um, rescued to their respective places. Yes. Zeb goes back and and Callus sees the reaction of the gross ghost crew when they finally find Everybody's Zeb the again. Uh. The gross crew. They're they're all so happy to find Zeb again. And then he goes back and I think like one person says, Ah, Agent Callus, you're back. And then he goes to his room and he's right. sitting in his stark imperial room with gray yes. walls and no personal artifact artifacts. Personal effects is the word I'm looking He's for. He's looking at ancient Riley, artifacts. It's like room. you wrote a song for me and you're just singing it to me right now. It's like the notes are like coming to life and I can see them like an orchestra's notes. It's just such a... Pal- well, that's that's probably that's probably my... Out of all the moments in the show, that is probably my favorite moment is that the ending two minutes of that where you see them go back to their places. It's It really makes it believable that Callus is like, I need to be somewhere where, where they're where people care about each other yeah because that's the biggest thing in the empire they don't care about anybody except the ones at the very top yeah that's you you completely nailed it in, in the subtle moments like that that are not because there was no moment where callus is like and you know what really made me turn it around was realizing yeah. that i didn't have a family like it i was think just, that's no i think that's a moment where he becomes silent fulcrum. yeah 
but in he's, his head. But you, oh, he, ne- he doesn't say it. You see it all on his face, which is impressive for animation. That's what I think this show excels at in his finest moments. It's, yeah. is able, it's able to express complex interior issues mm-hmm. with just animation yeah. and storytelling. Isaac, you like yourself some callus? Well, here's the thing. Go I ahead. Riley just put it so beautifully. The only other thing I could probably add is just how... We, I think we've mentioned it before, and because we've been talking a lot about these books, like uh, Inferno Squad and um, Phasma, how you have like the First Order and the Empire, and you have these characters who you're just like you're yelling at the the pages of the book, like, don't you realize who you're with? Don't you realize you're on the wrong side? Yeah. And they're just so brainwashed they can't understand that. And so it's always it's so refreshing to have a character like Talus who like is able to realize that he's on the wrong side because. I think it's it, it is good storytelling to not have that happen too much. Otherwise, the empire. I mean, it's 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 harder for us, the audience, to buy that the empire is as powerful as it is if like every other member of the empire is defecting. Right. And so when you finally do get that character like Callus who turns, like, and you, it, it's 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 a pretty cathartic feeling. Mm-hmm. And like when, when you do get the the genesis of that, like Riley mentioned at the end of uh, the honorable ones. That is just such a, a really good feeling. It's like, Kara's a, Callus is a character that makes you feel good. That's what I gotta say. I agree. Yeah. We all love some Callus. Give me that Callus. The only other piece. important side characters are Rex, which Rex is always Rex, and he's great. Oh, yeah. Um, he's very he's very cool. I like him. And it's that, and he's kind of like the grandfather of the shit. <laughs> he is. He Callus is, I mean, Kane uh, is dad, hair is the mom, he's the grandfather, he's yep. seeing everything. And then he's kind of the real grandpa talking of the show. He is the grandpa talking. Grandpa talking. <laughs> uh, but there's not a whole lot to say about Rex. He's consistently good in no. the show. And then, the, and then there's Ahsoka, which we should talk a little Ahsoka. Well, she's not like a main, she's character, not a main character in the show. She but was she a has, character in a few episodes of one season of the show. But she does finish. That character's arc finishes on oh, this show. does it ever. And that's an important oh, thing. Oh, does it, guys. Did it finish <laughs> with me? It, he's, she's dead. Did it finish with me crying? Uh, It did. (laughs) Glad that you're doing this. It really makes me happy. I have the covenant. If she, if she ever comes back, I'm going to just ignore it because I want her to be dead. Just hit fast forward on your not DVR. that it, yeah, not that I want her to be dead because she's a good character. But that no, but but that was the moment for her. That was not, and even if she's not dead, even if she's just gone forever, maybe she'll just stay in that temple for the rest of her life. But. I want that to be the end of Ahsoka's story. Here's what, yeah, we get it, Indiana Jones. <laughs> so what he? Hey, 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 be nice to me. Hey. No, hey, be nice to me. King of the Crystal Skull. Hey, <laughs> if I can't do it, then neither can you. I was uh, doing Warren's casting. No, you weren't. <laughs> I know for a fact. That, that voice is, is always the weirdest voice, voice that you do. Um. Well, I, I think if we're going to talk about Ahsoka, mm-hmm. we got to talk about favorite episodes. Let's just talk about favorite it episodes. It would be insane, not mm-hmm. to mention Twilight of the Apprentice. Yeah. Which well, is an some insanely of the good episode of television. of Star Wars. It's, Jake, talk about it. I remember when I saw it. Um, Where were you? Period. No, that was it. I just remember when I saw it. <laughs> no, well, I remember when I saw it, I, I was in my home. I was in front of my television. I had my Star Wars mug and an Ahsoka hat. <laughs> and then, like, number one fan finger. And Homer Did you have Simpson an slippers. Figure, like, their collection surrounding you. I asked my the- wife before I looked up Qui Gon Jinn's skirt. 
I watched the episode. I my initial reaction was like, I may have liked that more than Force Awakens. Oh, I was like, this is as good a Star Wars movie that's ever been made. It was that emotional reaction of Ahsoka and Vader, Mm -hmm. and that how that entire conflict plays out was so powerful in a way that I did not expect because I'm not the biggest Clone Wars fan in the world, but I my favorite part of the Clone Wars was Ahsoka because she was the one new character whose fate you, you didn't know. Right. And whose relationship with the Jedi Order was so interesting. And relationship and with Anakin. She was and a, relationship with Anakin. Clone Wars rec- retroactively makes Anakin's fall make a little bit more sense. Yes. Because he lost something so, such a huge part of his life due yeah. to the due to the Jedi Order being stupid pretty much. Exactly. Uh so that episode and just Sam Witwer's performance as Maul in that episode oh, is so good. insane. So Him good. as basically like Jafar Maul, yeah. and, you know, all in all robed up, pretending to be just a all crippled old, old at man. first, and then yeah, yes, so good, so great. And the imagery of the Sith Temple was just something really cool and new in a way that I was really wanting at the time. I really was hoping for just new Star Wars stuff that I had never seen before, and that was Ooh, like... You've never played KOTOR 2. Uh, Malachor is I don't the, think we've ever mentioned it, but... <laughs> Malachor is a huge part of KOTOR 2. Yeah. Huge plot point, and it's, it was so great to see it come back. I don't think it's yeah. going to have anything to do with old Republic stuff, but it was just nice to see all these references to something I love. Can I tell like you... Like Rodians. They can stay in the corner. Can That's I tell you, Guys... I'm not on board with this. Okay. Can I tell you what I hope happens with Ahsoka yeah. and her fate? I think it's garbage if she's not dead. Agreed. Except, and not because I want people to die, but right. because that character is well, so well, good then. that it deserves, well, some. I mean, if some that character people. is uh, me, then yes. <laughs> but <laughs> I like, that character is so good that she deserves a finish worthy of her character. And that episode was and so to leave it ambiguous is like, oh, you're taking away from her character, not adding to it. Mm-hmm. Unless they do what I think they're going to do and make the next Filoni show Filonius, Shonius. Do you think they're going to go back to Ahsoka? I think what they might do is set it between Jedi and Force Awakens. That's what I really hope they do. Mm-hmm. And have her be this like Yoda-esque figure who is isolated, alone, maybe living in that same place. Maybe she was never able to get out of there. Or maybe she is living in some forest somewhere or somewhere significant to her character. And the main characters of whatever show this is, whether it's the uh, Aftermath uh, crew or whatever, mm-hmm. hey, the Jedi-like figure finds her and she kind of introduces them. Hey, Isaac, about just... the kind of middle ground of the forest or the woes of the Jedi. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be nice. I'd like be into that. that. Hey, Isaac. Yeah, that would be a good show. I feel like... How could it not How could be? it not be after Return of the Jedi? If it's, like, stinking between Empire and Jedi, <laughs> yeah, I would be so be bummed out. <laughs> there is a... New Hope and Empire. It would have to, yeah, it would have to be New Hope and Empire, because there's, like, three years there, and I there's nothing between Empire and Jedi. I strongly dislike but, that. There's, like, six months, I think, between... Yeah, but not yeah, much. Yeah, it's not enough for a Not show. very much. It's going to be like the General Maydean Adventures. <laughs> hey, General Crix Maydean, I like him. Uh, 
I like when I can say names like that and Joe Cat joke and Jake has Joe to Ketch? and Jake has to decide Joe if I just made a name up or if it was an actual Star Wars name. It's hard to know. <laughs> I know. Uh, I'm gonna start making them up. Favorite episode, Riley. <laughs> well, okay, we talked about Twilight of the Apprentice. Apprentice of the Apprentice. Uh, Apprentice, and I I don't want to do it. Because I thought everyone was going to do it, but now it seems everyone's switching around. So I think I'm going to have to go with Twin Sons, which is crazy. It's crazy because (laughs) it's crazy because it's not really an episode of Rebels. No, it's like a crazy spinoff, an episode of Obi Wan. Bonus episode of the Clone Wars. Even though he's only in it for one scene, still. It's remember Jake when I first told you like when the episode came out, I'm like, this is like a perfect one shot comic of an episode. Yeah, and I was like, it's like a perfect one shot fart in the toilet. I didn't like that episode. You didn't at like first. Twin Sons. Tun- oh Twin Sons. Gosh, I can't speak. Do you want to take a look? Sun Tun. No. Tun Sun Tons. Tun Sons. Sun Tongs by Animal Collective. You didn't like it when it first came out, huh? I did not like it. I'll tell you why. I thought tell that me. it was not an episode of anything. I was like, this isn't about Ezra. No. This isn't about Obi Wan. This isn't about Maul. It's about nothing. It just existed for this conflict, and I was wrong about that. Because that episode is amazing. I rewatched it when I didn't have a bee in my bug hive, and I loved it. I think that episode changed the trajectory of Rebels and, and what Kanan and, and Ezra and even Ahsoka, if she still lives, why that episode changed a lot of things for me about what I think is going to happen to Ezra and Kanan, and it made me have what? a little bit of hope that they're not going to die. What, what do you mean? That episode made it abundantly clear to everyone. We all knew this, kind of, because we've seen the movies They did, and kind of gotten everyone. But everyone knew (laughs) that Luke is the one who is going to win against the Empire. Correct. It's only Luke. He's the only one who can do it. Yes. And that episode had Ezra thinking that he needed to go find Obi-Wan because Mm -hmm. Ezra might be the one to help. He might be the one to defeat the Empire. Obi-Wan might be the one to defeat the Empire. And Obi-Wan says, look, it's not us. Yeah. The important guy is that kid over there. And I think with that knowledge, Ezra will eventually probably share with Kanan because he didn't at first when they got back. He didn't say what happened. But I think Ezra and Kanan and Ahsoka, if she's still alive, know that they are not going to be able to to fix the Empire. They're not going to be able to defeat it. This is getting into predictions. And I think they can possibly escape rebels with their lives if they just sort of fade because the biggest question has always been, where are these Jedi during a New Hope Empire? And like, if they were Jedi, I never had that question. I thought you never they had that? were all dead except for Obi Wan. That, well, that's what I'm saying. But I'm talking about when Rebels came out. I'm well, like, yeah. Where are these guys? If they were Correct. alive, they would be in those movies. So they have to die. I'm, I'm sorry, and I don't know why you're yelling at me. <laughs> well, that was my thought. It's like they have to die. There's no other option because yeah. they would be in the movies. But now I think there is an option because that episode made it clear that Luke is the quote-unquote savior of star wars of that original trilogy and no one else is going to be able to do it except maybe leia but they aren't the important ones anymore and they don't have to be involved in those fights especially if what happens to kanan really happens my prediction for kanan which we'll get into but i think they don't have to they don't have they're they're not important anymore to star wars they're important to their family and to the people around them but they're not important to the overall story of Star Wars anymore in that context. So they can disappear without dying. 
I would like to subscribe to your newsletter, young man. I like, I just, as we're talking about this, I realize I really like Rebels. Rebels. And I have, I have a lot more to say about it than I thought. such a good show. Uh, Isaac, I don't know what we're talking about anymore. Well, we're still oh, talking yeah, about Twin Sons. Episodes. Oh, yeah. Twin Sons. Talk about Twin Sons. Twin Sons. What do you guys have to say I'm about Twin Sons? My favorite episode, probably. Same. Same, same. Thank you, Isaac. Same. All right. Same. Uh, <laughs> what's your favorite episode, buddy? My favorite episode, now that, uh, because Twin Sons really is so amazing, like, I'll go for the one that I find the, the most interesting because I really love it when the Star Wars media that isn't the movies takes advantage of that fact and knows that it is not a movie and decides to get weird. And I feel like that is what Legends of the Lasat really did. Yeah. With uh, Zeb's people, like how they kind of worship the Ashla. And that's, I really enjoy seeing how the Force is something that's not universally known in the galaxy. And it's something that it still exists, but other cultures have a different understanding of what the Force is. And so you get to see what the uh what the Lasat think that the the force is and their understanding of it. And you you touched on it, Riley. The score for that at the end Ugh. and that scene I'll, I'll put that's it where in. that Ooh, episode just gets weird and it's the perfect type of weird because it's just so like it's arty but it's satisfying. I don't know, it's just that that episode after watching it, I remember seeing initial reviews for it. Mm-hmm. People were kinda just mad about it. I think they kinda thought of it as more of a filler episode. People but not only did it provide great context for where Zeb came from, but mm-hmm. he just did such a good job of like allowing Rebels to be what it is, a television show that was able to take twenty minutes and if you are gonna do an, a filler episode, then do something. Like do a eight and five musical number, or do <laughs> yes. like some crazy operatic score when you're going into like a wormhole. Can we talk about the chaos happening behind us? First of all, <laughs> there's a lot of chaos. We would be there. remiss. If we did not mention Kevin Kiner's work, yeah, in, in Rebels, Rebels. It, it, did he do Clone Wars too? I feel like he did. Yes, he did. Yeah. Uh, the uh, other episode that was kind of tied with Twilight of the Apprentice for me was Trials of the Dark Saber, mm-hmm. which is an amazing episode. His score for that is insane. Yeah. It's unlike stuff we've heard in Star Wars before. It like increased the color palette of Star yeah. Wars music, but it yeah. felt perfectly in line with what we wanted. Uh, his work on that show. Is amazing. If John Williams wasn't able to do episode nine for whatever reason, I mean, Jakino would be great, but Kevin Kiner, yeah, he's earned his shot at he a is. movie. Uh, so, yeah, the, I'm I'm very excited. Kind of on a side note. I'm excited about the Han Solo movie and hoping that the soundtrack goes... It, I hope it deviates from Star Wars, which I know a lot of people won't like. Mm. I kind of want to get some other voices. I want it to be like other, disco. <laughs> well, I don't know about that. I want some other musical voices in Star Wars. Just just so... I want someone to do it so that the option is there, so that not yeah. everyone has to sound like John Williams, because mm-hmm. I think you're right. He doesn't really sound... Kiner doesn't really sound like John Williams all the time. Right, there, yeah. The themes come in and out, but he's definitely got his own voice, and I think it works well in the show. Do we have any hardcore predictions for season four? Hard four predictions? Hard four predictions. <laughs> I mean, I've hard seen... Hard four, R5, hard four? <laughs> me and uh, 
Riley have seen the first episode we already because we saw it at Star Wars Celebration. Let me predict what happens in that first <laughs> yeah. episode. I got a pretty uh, solid theory I for what happens be 100% in the first episode. Right. <laughs> yeah, B for B. I got a good theory. This is coming out after the premiere, though, so we could talk about it a little It'll bit. It'll happen, yes, correct, after. So Yeah. But uh, it's, predict I, how the show ends. That's what. what well, that's what we're talking about. Yeah. yeah. With, for predictions for yeah. the actual show. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. mean, they have introduced. Rook. Yeah, yeah. The character that, that killed Thrawn in the Rook. old books. Rook. And I would be Orla bummed Davis out. Davis is returning to voice that character. Great. Glad he kind of insisted that he be cast in the Star Wars show. <laughs> you know, I, I know that I. Uh, this is going to be very hypocritical coming from me, but if you want a guy who makes every Star Wars panel about him, even when he's interviewing George Lucas himself, uh, get Warwick Davis in there. He'll he'll do it for you. No comment. Yeah. I like Warwick. Yeah. I don't know if I have a prediction for season four, other than the fact that I would love for them to wrap up Ezra's character in a really interesting way that feels in line with what we've seen him do so far. I don't know what that would be, though. I genuinely don't know what journey this character is on anymore. It felt like his journey came to a screeching halt in season three after he was yeah. like, ah, I'm on the light side now. It was just, I don't know what he's there for. I don't know what he wants. I don't know, because my prediction with Kanan, can we get into that? Let's hear it, buddy. My prediction of Kanan is that he is going to, I guess this is a hope and dream prediction. I want him to become the next Bindu. There it is. Whoa. This is a, this is a good theory, by the way. <laughs> so have we he, talked about this on the show. I, we have not. I think we've you've saved no, it for this. I've saved it for the rebels. Listeners, episode. if you made it this far, buckle up your seatbelts. <laughs> well, it's not that great of a theory, but it's just that it actually is a pretty good. Theory. I he his he's getting more Zen. He's getting more in the middle with a lot of things because he is not fully a Jedi. He we talked about how his code of ethics and everything align with the Jedi a lot. But not completely. And I think that a, a wonderful place, simply incredible place for Kanan to end up <laughs> yep. would be in the middle. The Bindu, it seems, is dead. He got shot. He got shot. One time. <laughs> one time and died. Which means the Bindu is a mortal. He is not like a manifestation of the force. He is a being. Just a bug man. He's a being. Yeah, so He's a bison. I think that the Bindu can be a being. It doesn't yeah. have to be that species. It could be maybe a human. So I would love for Kanan to get more and more Zen. Now, it's going to be rough, and I think this would lead to a good emotional moment because he'd have to separate from Hera, which would be very difficult. That's just... But... I'm crying already. I know. It would be it would be emotional, but it would be an interesting way to take it. And I, You couldn't really be upset if it's handled the right way. Oh, no. I think that'd be amazing. I, it would be a great ending. So I hope and dream that yeah. Kanan becomes a Bindu. And at this point, it's like you're like writing an entire concert and you're singing it to me throughout this episode. <laughs> it's like the notes are dancing on my lips. I love talking about Rebels. And I'm making out Rebels with is notes. so good. It's such a good show because I love the idea of a Bendu, but yeah. I just didn't like the execution of it. Mm-hmm. But the, if they introduce that concept so yeah. that that could be Kanan's journey, man, it's good. Now, if it that, doesn't happen, I'm going to. I'm going to be a little disappointed. I'm really a little disappointed. Dave? The problem with that is that then, like you said, what happens to Ezra? Because Ezra cannot keep, continue with the rebellion. He can't join uh, Kanan in being a Bindu. Is he going to just stay and learn from Kanan? Probably not. He's not at the point in his life where he can go and meditate somewhere like Yoda. 
So what happens? Can what happens? Like Forty after the new canon is <laughs> run through. <laughs> well, yeah, I think it's I think it's difficult because like we mentioned in the beginning, like Ezra is our kind of vision into this show, and so it, it's almost like whatever happens to Ezra is kind of at least for the general audience, it's kind of the the reason we were here in the first place is mm-hmm. to find out what happens to Ezra, and so his fate is very important to the the show itself. Yeah, and I think he knows he's not the important force user anymore but still he i don't i don't see him just fading away so i i feel like ezra's probably going to die in season four i don't i don't see i don't see a way around it there might be one i just don't see it i don't even know what his like skill is other than talking to animals yeah he's good with animals it's just like i don't know what the journey for that guy is Mm -hmm. so maybe, maybe that's the journey maybe the fact that he doesn't know his place in the universe is his character yeah. uh, issue that he has to overcome. Maybe he'll be in The Last Jedi. Maybe he's The Last Jedi. How cool would it be? <laughs> now, let me tell you something. We had that episode called Twan Sons mm-hmm. that we talked about earlier. None of us could pronounce. It's very difficult. <laughs> can't say it. it's those two words, hardest words in the English Literally language. impossible to say those two one-syllable words. <laughs> and uh, Obi-Wan kind of told him that... Well, I don't know if you told him this, but it's basically... He is there to guard Luke. What if Ezra's journey was to make a sacrifice so that Luke could fulfill the prop, so that Luke could go on his mm-hmm. journey. Okay. What if he realizes that my journey is to help somebody else on their journey? That would be an incredibly grown-up decision by Ezra. Yes. That would be a great You have to end. make an adult decision and realize end. it's not about me. I have to be selfless, which is tough Something he struggled with, yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, man, this show can end so well if they do it right. It could be great. It could be great, and I'm not saying it has to do our things. No, be great, but no. there are there are ways. These are great this. characters yeah. that boy. I hope they nail it. I think they're going to. I yeah. think that they'll still be maybe so some too. not so great episodes. But yeah. well, they say well, really, Filoni said there's he, no filler, but he has to say that he doesn't know what filler is. <laughs> What's really yeah, interesting is that Clone Wars never got really got a proper conclusion. So this is kind of like Filoni's first opportunity to actually finish a story for us. Yeah, that's yeah. true. He talked about that. At He's celebration. going out on his terms. Yeah. He's like, this is my way to do a thing that I, I really wish I would have done mm-hmm. with Clone Wars and end it the way I feel it should be ended while it's still great. And um, you want to talk about before we head out, uh, you want to talk about the first episode of season four? Yeah. From what do we, we saw? have any more predictions first, though? Because like, I feel like. I just kind of want to see where we all think each character is going to end up. Oh, we named those two. Named I think, those two. I think Sabi- Sabine is going to pass the torch to that. I can't remember any names, but the one person's sister, the old uh, Satine's sister from Clone Wars, oh, the yes. red-headed uh-huh. person who's going to become the new Mandalore. Um, it seems like she's going to pass the torch, but I, I don't know. What do you guys think is, is Sabine's ultimate fate? I think she survives Rebels. I would love her to just be able to pursue her art career. <laughs> That's be the honest truth. Yeah. I would like it if she just got to accomplish her dream, whatever that is. Problem is, if it ends at A New Hope, they're still fighting against the Empire to be I know. Done. And I don't know if she leaves the re- leaves a rebellion if they're still fighting to be yeah. done. But it, that would be a great end for her to just do art. This is relax. why I feel like they they could do a really cool artful ending and just like, yeah, just like Sabine. A, and show the like a montage of 
their lives throughout the uh like I would turn the credits like the little cards Sabine moved to Florida right yeah like the end of an 80s her, yeah. but they could do it through like a montage that's a great Kevin Connor yeah. music and you see their journey where they end up and so like they great. don't have to end it yeah. at A New Hope they, they could find a, a neat way to continue it holy cow Isaac what are you doing are you getting into the pills now I'm taking an allergy pill guys that's what I call it you're not even in front of oh actually <laughs> you might be you have a cat now yeah Isaac any thoughts on where Sabine ends yeah, I do think that they uh, already made a way out for her not to have to face her fate directly, but being part of the rebellion now that she's uh, in Mandalore and stuff. So, I mean, they, I see the opportunity there for her to kind of ride off into the sunset after she's the one, like like Jake mentioned, kind of leading that uh, uh, effort against the, the Empire, where she can be successful in her mission against the Empire without having to face her own death, and we can kind of accept it all. She's over on Mandalore doing whatever, because, I mean, the galaxy's a big place, and not everyone has to be directly part of the conflict, and so her destiny is probably just going to lie with her people. And so we've gotten to the point now where she can be at peace being part of Mandalore now. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think it's like she could have a, a, a nice little, like Jake said, she can kind of do her thing, like have her hobby, have her job, have a nice work-life balance. Like we're all striving for. <laughs> that's, all we, that's all we want. That's Balancing work and family. I would. Uh, can we talk about Hera real quick? Yeah. Because I, ha- I had an idea for what I think I might like for her. I think that her and Kanan parting ways seems inevitable in some tragic way. Yeah. I would love for them just to end up together, but that doesn't yeah. seem like Hera because I think she wants to continue this fight for the rebellion. So I would love it if everybody has their own moment and has to leave this ghost ship mm-hmm. for some reason. Uh, we know that she at least makes it to, to Rogue One. Right. I would love it if you know the end of uh, like Age of Ultron and it's it's Captain America just like training the new Avengers yeah. to come in. I would like it if her ending is just like the new little rebel recruits come in. She's like, on all right, guys, they're welcome all, to the. They're all frozen on Hoth. They're all frozen and- on Hoth, and she <laughs> says, "Welcome to the ghost ship," and just starts. You know, she's got their new little family to, yeah. to take care of and round up and. Yeah, I shapes don't, to be good rebels. I don't think Hera's ever playing footsie. Did not expect your foot to be there. <laughs> Sorry, I don't think Hera is ever going to quit until the Empire is fully no. gone. And yeah. I hope she survives Return of the Jedi. And I think she is competent enough to do that. She's a general. She's she's going to be in a position of power where she doesn't have to be on the front lines. And I think she's a, like you said earlier, she's a strategist. She's very good at that. And I think she can. Make it. Please make it, Hera. I like you. Hera, don't die. Don't die, Hera. Don't do it! <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, now you guys are talking, that, that kind of makes me think like about the next animated series, if that takes place after Return of the Jedi. I do think that could open the way for her to kind of be the uh, the connector between these two shows, yeah. where we could uh, be after Return of the Jedi, and it turned out she was a general this whole time. I mean, we, we didn't get to see the 100% of the Rebellion, so she's the one we didn't see in the movies. And so she was part of the whole entire uh, fight against the Empire. And now if that's gone, like whatever new challenges the New Republic is going to face, maybe uh, Herod could be kind of like an ancillary character, even sort of like a Captain Rex. Yeah. Or the new animated series. I could, I- I'd like that. Yeah, I would too. Uh, Zeb, I think we all agree, is probably going to die. Yeah. He might not. Cool. He might just go back to Lasat, but... What about Rex, buddy? Well, it's... Like almost a hundred percent confirmed that he's in Return of the Jedi now. 
Oh, well wasn't that just wasn't that just some writer being like, I was just sending a tweet to be uh, have a good time. That's what Twitter. he said, but I think yeah. he was, I think he was covering his butt. Yeah. I'm pretty sure Rex is going to be. I think he's the one in Return of the Jedi now. So. Yeah. Uh, that's all the main characters, I guess, right? Chopper is wow, probably going to survive. He's just a droid. He's going to do whatever Hera does. I think he's going to die in a blaze of glory. You think? I think that's what Zeb's going to do. I think Zeb's going to save Chopper. Is Zeb and Chopper. Zeb's going to die to save Ezra and Chopper. There's my prediction. <sighs> Boy. And Chopper's going to stick with Hera this could forever. This be a rough. This could be, because it how could much be more rough. attached are we to these characters than the Rogue One characters? Oh, for sure. Right? Yeah. Like, we've had years yeah. with these guys. So if they... If they go out in the if blaze... they go out... Mm. <laughs> it's gonna be rough it's just gonna be a real mess callus i hope he's just hanging around the rebellion i <laughs> down old stories like he looked his 70s hair in the new trailer was yes, awesome that he was looks, great looks so good and i'm yeah the I hair think that he's just the gonna, world. he's just gonna be a rebel i like it i dig it yeah um so this unless he's a deep plant by thrawn oh my god that actually never occurred to me till right now what if they try and pull that they'll never do it but would be a little bit too much like the annoying dude from crystal skull who was a quadruple agent man i don't remember oh yeah i guess i do kind of remember that (laughs) yeah that was dumb we know how Filoni feels about indiana jones though so (laughs) yeah weird weird hill to die on that he isaac has picked for himself (laughs) he's picked his own burial plot and it's right there Trying to think if there's anything else to say about Rebels. There's so many good episodes. We were going to talk about the first episode of season four a little oh, bit. Oh, that's right. Let's talk about that. Basically, just that. It's just like a fist pump of an episode. Until it's just, the very hey, end. Here's all the Rebels being aw- yeah, exactly. Yeah. Being awesome and doing cool things. It's like a train heist episode, kind of. Which I train heists are maybe my favorite thing that can happen in fiction. You've like, all seen this if you're watching Rebels. Right, yeah. <laughs> And we haven't seen the second half of the premiere. That's correct. Yeah. yeah. We just saw the, the one they premiered at Celebration and they did not show us the second half like a bunch of losers. Right. And the little cliffhanger that happens. Isaac, you okay knowing the little cliffhanger? You cool with this, buddy? I think I might have told no, you. No, it's fine. Okay. No, at the, at the very end of this, like, train, are they trying to rescue someone or what are they They're doing trying on that to train? rescue uh, her parents? It's her dad. Her dad. Her yeah. dad specifically. Yeah, like being held hostage. Her dad is like some politician or something, right? Yeah, I don't remember. You don't remember. Neither of us remember. Her dad is someone important, and they. Um, it has been what eight months since it has we were been there. A long time like, since we saw this episode. Long time. But uh, so he's on this train being taken to an imperial prison, and the rebels group plus some others show up to rescue the him. Mandalorians. Yeah, the Mandalorians. Her brother and her mother are trying to rescue him. They end up from another mother. Yeah. They end up doing it. They save her dad. And at the same moment, her mother and her brother who are in a a different spot, get ambushed and both blow up and die. Yeah. And it's, it's it happens at the end of the first part of the premiere. And yeah, so it's a pretty big moment for Sabine because her mother was a very strong personality, very strong influence in her life and is now gone. I remember thinking the emotional impact of that was not great. Like, I don't think that they nailed it. No. And I don't think that the reaction of the father was, he was like, oh no, they're dead. What am and I going to do? We've, we've seen this character once or twice, so even for us, we don't care that much. I guess they I just think about, made it I think about better. Sabine. Yeah. What, how Sabine is going to deal with it's it. It's going to be. The episode itself wasn't that impactful, but the implications are impactful. The moment that that episode starts out with, I remember like it was yesterday, with her pulling out the Darksaber. Yeah. And just leading the charge. <sighs> Man, that's good stuff. 
stuff. Some good fights. And in she that has scene. her jetpack. Yeah, she's flying around. With Ezra the dark has saber. a jetpack too, right? I Ezra think. has a jetpack and doesn't know how to use it. It's really, really bad at it. Yeah, yeah. And I, there's actually a little bit of flirting there with is them, a little, which yeah. is good. Yeah, I like it. And I think his dad. Uh, or her dad makes some comment. He's like, "Oh no, no, I'm not with her. I mean, uh, we're like friends. Like, right? One of those. I things. hope that they get into that a little bit more. Yeah, that'd be interesting. Anyway, it's a good episode. You probably already saw it. We're gonna see it Monday. Yeah, good, good times. Any anything else to say about Rebels? I think I've said all I can say about. If Rebels. you haven't watched it, go out, get yourself some some Blu-rays, and enjoy. A it's good a good show. It's a really good show. I'd recommend. I'd give it ten Ezra's out of ten Kans. <laughs> I give it uh, overall one out of one Lothals. <laughs> Isaac, your rating? I give it a, a, a ghost out of a dark saber. <laughs> awesome. I think that's all a strong recommend from all of us. Yeah. I mean, if you know our rating scale, you know that's about as good as it gets. <laughs> that's that's all. It's all I mean, the, the peak of our rating scale one for is one. the movie as good as it gets with Jack Nicholson. <laughs> Which, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, for another week, this has been. Well, first of all, follow us on Twitter. <laughs> Write us a Write us an email. email. Tell us how much you like Rebels. Tell now. us if you like our show. Mm-hmm. And, like, you know, tell people about it. And go out of your way to really campaign for our show. Really annoy people with how much please, you talk about please it. Please do it. To the point where they, they're like, okay, I'll, I guess I'll check I'll it out. I'll have to listen to it just so you shut up. Yeah. That's what you want them to be like. You want to push this to the detriment of your friendships and family. And on that like, note, like we do with this podcast, that's right. Who uh, family all all right now are estranged because of this. My fiance and <laughs> your wife just friends. left. They left, walked out of the room, yeah. and Isaac's shackled up at home. He's not allowed to leave. <laughs> right, buddy? I'm, I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> Tell him to follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Twitter. Okay. <laughs> Thanks for telling them. So, uh, I delicately curated long-form discussion of the internationally beloved Star Wars saga, tailored to the modern fanatic, brought to you lovingly in weekly increments by the loquacious yet soothing voices of your host, Riley. Your personal candy boy. Jay, that's me, and Isaac. My life is wonderful. <laughs> Bye. Bye. That was a long one. That was a long one. That was really good. Possibly my favorite one we've done yet. No. It wasn't that good. Really? That is for you. The Rebels have been good. I was just making a face because you had an attitude. I do have an attitude. And we eating candy this whole time. No, you're not. I absolutely am. God dang it. <laughs> you cannot eat candy into the microphone. The I'm not going to chew it. I'm just going to make it audible that I have it in my mouth. Well, ASMR fans can come on the show. Please come on the show. I can hear you lip smacking. and <laughs> Isaac, are you there? Hey. Okay, let's get our silence. Yeah. Why not? What is happening? Are you mowing? Are you blowing air into the microphone? <laughs> I was getting water to drink inside of my mouth. Okay, great. You know what, guys? We might have a business in this because you're like really good at guessing exactly what I said. <laughs> wow. You think that. <laughs> oh, come on. Oh, no. Come what? on. Come on, dude. There's people listening here. We got a room full. There's a room full of people. I don't understand. There's feedback on your end. Wait, are you peeing? Yeah. He's peeing. No, he was dumping a bucket of water into another bucket of water. <laughs> oh, wow. It really was.
Were you putting your phone up to the toilet? I, to make, to make I, it even louder? This is going to be the greatest blooper. I cannot wait for this blooper, because we're recording, buddy. We are recording. <laughs> we'll put it in right up top. <laughs> oh, my God. oh my God. I hate this. I hate this show. <laughs> if we don't hear the sink running, you're in so much trouble. You gotta at least put on the pretense. I can't believe that just happened.